Welcome, everyone, to the Kathy Lee Parker Show, the number one place for enlightened and entertaining guests, positive vibes, and information that is spot on. And now, for your listening pleasure, your host, Kathy Lee Parker. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about foster care and how to be a foster parent. And with me today, I have Sean Nelson. He's a professional parent recruiter for Ross and Rise. Excuse me, Rise. And uh, um, I'd like to introduce you to him. Here we are. How are you, Sean? Are you having a great I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me back. Yes, tell me, tell us once again, you know, who is RISE? Yeah, so RISE is a human services organization. So we support individuals with different uh, developmental challenges. Uh, we do mm-hmm. that through, you know, a variety of ways. We've got uh, different services that we provide. You know, we do after school programs, day programs, um, when they're running uh, summer programs. And of course, foster care, which is my area. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got a variety of different things that we uh, that we do to help to help kids in need. And we've been around quite a while. We were founded back in 1987 uh, with the with the goal of finding a better way to uh, you know to help take care of a population in need, you know, pop- a population of people with with developmental challenges. And uh, so we were founded then and have since grown into uh, a fairly large organization. We're, we're founded in Utah. We are a Utah uh, company. We're from really Logan all the way to St. George, serving all those communities in between. But we've since branched into Idaho, uh, Oregon. We're in Texas now and uh, Arizona. Um, so we're uh, taking our services around the region um, and doing our best to take care of a certain segment of people who need our help. Mhm. And uh and you've been there for quite a while with the company. And uh, yeah, uh, about... yeah, so I've been uh, I've been with Rise about um, about 2 years now. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um the the great thing about Rise, we've got so many people who you know, we have 20 year plus people, 22 I work very closely with the ladies, 22 years, we've got 30 year people. So we have a lot of experience and a lot of resources that we pass on to our families uh, who come in to help us take care of our kids, um, provide them a lot of excellent knowledge and, and information to help them succeed and be successful as, as uh, foster families. Mm-hmm. And the children are so cute. I've seen some of them. With the parents, when I met you at your office, and I thought if you were coming by, and I thought, oh, how cute, you know. Yeah. And the parents are, you know, the foster parents are, you know, enjoying the service. And uh, but you know, yeah, you make a little extra money, but the point is, is you have to have, you know, you have to have a big heart. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, we're very fortunate. We have a a really great group. Of, of dedicated uh, foster providers and families and couples and, and even individuals, you know, who just want to give back that way. You know, they come to us and we find them and, you know, they they just, 
like you said, they have that in their heart. They want to they they want to give back that way. They want to take care of a child somehow, help a child have a better life, give them some support and stability. Um, and, and we're really fortunate that we that we have such a great group of families. We get together with them periodically throughout the year. And I'm always amazed that that uh, the things they do, the things that they uh, the things they deal with. Um, they always do it with a a smile, and and they love what they do. You know, a lot of them get in it uh, fairly apprehensively at first, and then they just they grow to love it. It becomes part of their lifestyle, and um, you know, they can't imagine doing anything else. And they fall in love with those kids. You know, they just they love to take care of them and and help them succeed in life. Mm-hmm. Sean, can you take more on more than one child? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes um, you know, we have siblings that have been pulled from the home that need to get into um, a foster situation. Um, and a lot of times in those cases, it's it's most beneficial for those kids to stay together, ideally, if it's all possible. And so we will have mm-hmm. families take on siblings. Maybe it's two kids, maybe it's three kids, um, you know, and sometimes legal situations and the family situations don't allow that. But if we can do it, if we can keep the kids together, uh, it's just so much better for the kids uh, mentally. And so, yeah, if we have families who are willing to take on multiple kids, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Is there such a big demand in Utah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've got, um, geez, really, I mean, it's thousands of kids every year who um, who need help. I think the state numbers usually... At any given time, it's you know it's around 2,000 plus as far as kids in need, and then typically you have about half of that number in licensed families around the state. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge need. There's a huge need for families. There's a huge need uh, for willing families to come in and, and take on this role. Uh, not just right, and it's all you know, all agencies. We're all in that same kind of boat. We've got we do our best to find families because there's just there is such a huge need around the state and around the country, frankly. Mm-hmm. And you provide the parents with a lot of support, the foster parents. We do, yeah, I do. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, just uh, you know, in addition to the to the many years of experience that we have doing what we do, uh, we provide a lot of training as well for our families, so they can come in and get trained in everything from you know, like safety care and first aid to um, you know, we have a program. And I'm actually a certified trainer in this program where we can provide families. Um, it's kids behavioral based training. It's like training how to be to be a parent to these kids with these kind of special needs. Um, and it's 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 great training just for parenting in general. I wish I'd have had it, you know, a decade or so ago. But it's designed specifically to help with you know, difficult situations that foster parents can find themselves in. Um, we provide the, this training over a, a course of weeks, and it's, it's really beneficial to help them be successful, to help them succeed with it. I'll make it a really good um, environment for everybody involved. So, yeah, we do. I think that's something that RISE is really excellent with, is we provide a lot of resources to our families to help them be uh, successfully successful long-term. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because, you know, yes, it's nice to have parents, parents, mother and father, but there's a lot of single people out there nowadays and a lot of divorcees and divorce, you know, um, mm-hmm. parents and stuff. Is that good for them to 
bond, you know, the single, the single person, the older single person, like in their 30s or 50s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We do have, um, we have uh, individuals out there who, you know, like I said, maybe they've been divorced or they're just not married or they're, you know, but they want to uh, support a child as long as they've got the, the means and the availability. Um, and they, you know, of course they can get through the kind of the vetting process and the background process. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. If it's something that's a good fit and something that works for the child, um, then yeah, definitely. We don't, you know, we don't turn somebody away because they're single by any means. We need, we need everybody's help and we need people who are willing and um, if they've got the, the means and the avenue to do it, then yeah, we'll work with them. Uh, we'll work with mm-hmm. them on the, on the uh, on the process and then getting them through. Okay, what about those who are like grandparents? And they may say, no, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm my own grandkids. But then there's some that they're lonely, you know what I mean? And I yeah, think yeah. they would make great, um, even for one child, maybe, you know, an, an older child, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We do have... Uh, we do have a population of our of our providers who are retirees, empty nesters. You know, they've mm-hmm. um, they've raised their kids, uh, they've got grandkids, but now they've got maybe a a house with some empty rooms, and um, they want to give back that way. They want to continue to to be a positive impact on the life of a child, and um, yeah, definitely we see we see quite a bit of that, and, and it's great because they come in. Um, with a lot of life experience and a lot of stability, um, and, and and with a really good heart because they've they have that life experience, so they're they end up being really great at it because um, you know they're mm-hmm. they're in it for that development piece. They're in it to really help help the child and, and give back that way. And so yeah, that's it's a great population for us. We love those guys. And for seniors that are listening, it keeps you younger. <laughs> it keeps you younger keeps you when you on, take on these kids. Keeps you on your toes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, let's see what else was I going to say to you is that, um, hmm, interesting. That's really interesting. I think, you know, even if you're, yeah, single adult to a, you know, empty nester, foster care, would be, you know, an ideal, and you make a little extra money, but you also have a big heart. Yeah, we, you know, we don't, um, we don't necessarily, at least I don't, from a recruiter standpoint, I don't necessarily look for a specific demographic of potential parent. I look for people with the right heart and the right willingness, um, and that's included uh, everybody from, a younger couple to the retirees. Of course, you have to be mm-hmm. 21, you know, to be a provider. That's just the the law. But um, you know, we had uh, we've got young couples. We we had a young couple a little while back come in, and they were um, kind of in this position where they weren't. You know, they didn't really want to have kids of their own. They were kind of, you know, they're still newly married, but they've got a, they had a house and got some extra room and. But they uh, had somebody that they knew who was a father. They were foster parents, and they'd seen how that worked, and they saw the child and how they interact, and said, "Well, let's give this a try." And so they came in, and it's like, "Yeah, we're not, 
quite ready to have kids of our own, but we want to want to do this and, and give back this way. And so they started the process a little bit, again, kind of a little bit apprehensive at first, but um, once they jumped into the training and they got involved and then they actually ended up with with uh, with the child, who was just this little boy with pretty extensive medical issues. Um, you know, they were a little bit kind of overwhelmed at first, but then as it grew along, um, they just they fell in love with them and they're you know they're doing great with it and you know, now they're you know talk about potentially adopting uh, depending on what happens with the family um, and so it's really it's really a cool thing to see um, somebody who's younger like that come in and kind of have this idea of, yeah we want we want to do this we want to try it and then jump in and really uh, be great at it and you know just fall in love with the kid and um, just to see them kind of grow and flourish with that is really fantastic so i don't i don't really look at oh yeah i just i'm just going to go after the retirees because they have room in the house you know i go after mm-hmm. people who just want to get involved they want to help out they want to they want to support the life of a child and help give them um kind of a solid foundation and the, the possibility of a good life and so um, it's really kind of all over the board as far as who comes in and you don't have to do it forever correct you do it for no, like no. two years, two to three years, and and then yep. uh... yeah. So there's quite it's there's some options. There's different options that people a lot of people aren't aware of, and it's something that I try to educate uh, people with. Is um, I hear that quite a bit. I go out and I talk to somebody in the community. And they say, yeah, you know, I've thought about this. I've, um, you know, my wife and I have been talking about it, but we're just not sure if we can do the, you know, the the full time. It's Kind of a, it's a lot for a family, um, so there's there's different options, and people aren't always aware. So when you talk about being a professional parent, which is kind of in my my job title, a professional parent is somebody who who does it really long term. Like we have professional parents that have been with us for 20 years. You know, they've had children wow. for for 20 years. They've had children for five, 10 years, and they've, they've, the child has grown up with them. That's considered professional parenting is when they do this kind of long term with us. Um, now, foster parenting, a lot of people just kind of mesh the two together, understandably. But foster parenting tends to to be more about um, shorter term therapeutic type foster parenting. So, a child's been pulled from the home. Um, you know, they're. Um, in a situation with a family where it could be six months to a year, they're trying to work through some issues with the child, but they're also trying to work with the biological family. Um, so that's kind of the more foster parenting side, which can be like six six months a year, maybe a little longer. And then respite care, respite foster care, is considered to be um, very short term. So it's like temporary. It's substitute foster parenting essentially like babysitting for foster families so we have a a list of families who if our full-time families need to take time away maybe they need to travel they they can't take the the child with them or they've got court dates whatever the case may be Um, one of our respite providers they step in take the child for a day two days a week whatever the case may be um, take care of the child, and then when the, the full-time family returns, then you know they give the child back. Child goes back, and everybody goes about their business. Um, and that's a great way 
for families to get involved who may be a little apprehensive about the full-time piece of it. And so I, I present this sometimes to potential families, and they say, oh, that's, that's a really good idea. We could maybe do it on the weekends. We could do it, you know, a few days a month um, because we're just maybe not ready to do that full-time commitment. And that's great for us because we have a huge need for respite providers as well because our full-time families, you know, they have to travel sometimes. They've got situations where they they can't take the child with them. Uh, respite opportunities are great because people can get involved. They don't necessarily have to really commit to having a child 24-7, seven days a week. So it's a really good opportunity for people to kind of step in, get their feet wet, uh, get to learn more about it and, and see how it works. And then uh, well, oftentimes some of our respite providers will down the road turn into full-time uh, families because they've seen it and they love it and they enjoy it and that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. Well, Sean, sit back and we're going to go into a commercial break. And we'll be right back after these messages. Having a brighter, whiter smile is important to you, even during the coronavirus crisis. Teeth whitening can be safe and convenient because at Pearly Whites, we come to you. Our technicians take all the recommended safety precautions and you don't have to leave your home. Get all your family treated in one afternoon. It's safe and convenient and less expensive than a visit to the dentist. Pearly Whites Mobile Teeth Whitening. Visit pearlywhitesfl.com to book an appointment today. There's a reason Summit County residents have been choosing Park City Mattress for 10 years. With Sealy, Serta, Tempur-Pedic, and Stearns and Foster right here in Park City. And the lowest price guaranteed. Park City Mattress in Redstone Village at Kimball Junction. See us at pcmattress.com. I'm Sean Nielsen, professional parent recruiter with Rise Services Utah, and we have a unique opportunity to open your heart to children and adults with developmental challenges by becoming a respite foster care provider. Respite care providers are part-time and fill in when our full-time parents need time away from the child in their care. It's a great way to help those in need without committing to a full-time position. If you'd like more information about this wonderful opportunity, please contact me today at 801-676-8926. Head and Home Horse Rescue Foundation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit that rescues both wild and domestic horses and other equine that are either unwanted, neglected, abused, or their humans move. Head and Home helps rehabilitate them to be used in equine therapy to help those in need. We could use your support. You can contact us at 801-910-2698. Do you know how much equity is in your home, condo, or townhome? Do you want to lower your rate and take cash out? We're Valorum Equity, and we make mortgages easier. Give us a call at 800-764-9072 or visit ValorumEquity.com to receive your free home assessment today. Trouble sleeping? The mattress you choose makes all the difference. How do you select from thousands? At Mattress Warehouse, we do things differently. We fit you to the right mattress that you will love for many years and get up to eight months on our comfort guarantee. That's how sure we are about getting you the best night's sleep. Visit MattressWarehouseUtah.com and download your free mattress buyer's guide to help you select the right mattress at the best price. MattressWarehouseUtah.com 
Hey, this is Rocktop Construction. Rocktop is a family-owned business based out of Utah. We specialize in replacing worn or storm-damaged roofs and understand how to assist homeowners with property claims. For reliable service and the best value on a quality and energy-efficient roof, call Rocktop Construction at 801-567-1234. We have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Again, that's 801-567-1234 to find out more about how we can protect your home. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn in Lehigh, Utah, where you'll find an open, inviting atmosphere from your first hello to the next. Our goal is to make your stay better and brighter. We are as excited as you to welcome back travel, even if it looks a little different these days. That's why we've partnered with the makers of Lysol to help deliver an even cleaner stay for our guests with the creation of the Hilton Clean Stay Program. Our promise to you is to deliver the same level of reliable and friendly service you'd expect with leading hygiene practices to keep you safe. Come stay with us at the Hilton Garden Inn in Lehigh, Utah. See you soon. Thank you for staying with me. I'm sitting here with Sean Nelson. He's a professional parent recruiter for RISE. Are you still with me, Sean? I am here. Yes, I hear a little echo in my in my headset here. But anyway, um, I just want to say to you that uh, parenting, I mean foster parenting, is especially for those who maybe just got married and... Uh, you know, I get, I sent out to a lot of my young little single married friends. I mean, not that guy just got married um, within the past three years. And uh, I think it's a good idea before they start their own children to be able to try foster care, you know, to get their feet a little bit wet and uh, and and have a heart of love and unconditional love. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a great way to um, really step in and give a child an opportunity um, that may not have one otherwise. You know, they may um, so many kids get uh, just kind of left behind in in the state systems around the country and around Utah, and you know, without families, whether they're young couples or retirees, you know, without them mm-hmm. and their their chance for their chance to really succeed in life are just so much more limited. You know, they have such a a tougher go um, when they're just kind of going through um, the state systems and bouncing from place to place, bouncing from you know maybe group home to group home. So when we can get uh, families who are or individuals, again, you know, somebody who just wants to step in and and support the life of a child this way, um, that mm-hmm. child's chances and their opportunities to succeed and and have a productive life are just, they go up so much more. It's just, it's really amazing to see what happens when we have these families come in and um, mm-hmm. do what they do and love what they do um, and, and give back that way. It's um it's ultimately is, is about the is about the children. It's about the kids who who need the support of a, of a loving family. And you know, without these families, it's really it's really difficult for these kids to succeed. And so that's that's what we do is we become that bridge for people. Well, let me tell um, you a quick little story about um, a friend of mine. She got married. She moved down to 
um, St. George, her and her husband start foster care. And they said, one, next you know, they got two, and, yeah. you know, next you know, three, four, five. And right. some of them have stayed with them for quite a long time. And one of them is a famous model. No, I'm not kidding you. She does a lot oh. for Toyota and stuff. And uh, I saw her once at her sister's wedding, and she was there. And she, yeah, she, they become, you know, I know they're foster children. Some of them stay with them for years. And yeah. one of them became um, a model. And they look up, oh, she wow. looks up to her as her mom and dad. Yeah. But oh, I can't crazy. say he should because I protect privacy. But she's, yeah, she's very well known on doing commercials, national commercials. And she's oh, a foster yeah. child. You would never, never know because she had great parents. But right. she's exactly. fostered a lot of children. And it wasn't just one or two. I think she fosters six to eight children. And she had a big home. They provided a lot of love and unconditional love. And she did it for years and years and years. I think about 20 to 30 years. 25. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and we see, we see a lot of that where, like I mentioned earlier, it becomes a, with our, with our long-term parents, they, they didn't always necessarily, they didn't jump in, at least the ones that I've talked to, they didn't jump in necessarily thinking they were going to do it for as long as they mm-hmm. have, but they, but they got into it and they fell in love with it and it became part of their lifestyle. It just became part of what they do, how they do it, mm-hmm. you know, how they, how they live and they live to support these kids and they live to help them grow and develop um, and to see them go from being a, a child in trouble, you know, with mental right. behavioral issues to being a, a successful, productive um, adult um, that, mm-hmm. that's what they live for. And that's, that's part of how they live their lives. And it's just, it's invaluable to us and it's invaluable to these kids. And so it's, it's always great to hear stories like that because we just, we need more of it. <laughs> we need more, we need yeah, more families out there who can do it. So. Uh-huh. I'm surprised they did that because they were a young couple. They did it within six months, six, eight months of their marriage. And then they brought in one child and, Loved it, brought another one in, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he worked yeah. still, but she took over full time, and and right. it was it was great. They had a family, a unique family. You know, mm-hmm. their uh, Christmas pictures were different every year, but <laughs> some of them, some yeah. of them stayed with them, and some of them left. You know, but they got another one, and and right. she didn't start with just. I think she had a few babies. You know the babies, but she had a lot of young ones and teenagers. So and the yeah. teenagers stayed with them too, and they helped them even go um, go to college. I was impressed with that. So yeah. really, I look at her like I look at this way that she grew a big family. You know, our family yeah. grew really <laughs> huge. So I tease her, and I, you know, Christina, I said. To her, I said, you, you don't just have eight kids. You have 20 kids, 30 kids, because, you know, they come and go, but they, many of them stayed in touch with them. So and I thought, that is so cool, even though they yeah. went back to their parents, but they stayed in touch. And then the ones that were teenagers, 
you know, they grow into being 18, they still stayed around the home. She didn't throw them out. So, which I thought that was so sweet. You know, oh, yeah, they go from foster yeah. care to being, you know, when they're 18, they're out of foster care. And, uh, you know, she helped them out, and they, they both did, and got them on their feet, had jobs, and she helped them go to school and all that stuff. Yeah, cool. definitely. There's there's definitely a bond um, that develops between our families and mm-hmm. the kids that they take care of. It's a, it's a lifelong bond in a lot of cases. You know, it's um, I've seen cases with with our families who brought somebody in as a, as a young kid, and you know, they've taken them well beyond high school, and they're still part of their lives. And um, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And you talked about the uh, a teen coming in as a teenager, and that's actually a huge need uh, that we have because teenagers typically are some of the highest percentage of kids in the system, and yet are typically the lowest percentage of kids that get placed in long-term homes that get adopted um, because um, sometimes they're harder to to manage. And that's the reality of it. You know, they've been. You know, they may have been through many, many homes already, and they kind of have this pre, uh, preconditioned idea about what life is like and what families are like, and they step into another home, and they're just like, well, it's just another house, and these people aren't going to love me either, or you know, why should I want to stay here? And so teenagers are typically harder just to, uh, to manage. And so when we have people who come to us and families and providers come to us and say, yeah, you know, we want to bring in the older ones. We want to, to bring in a teenager. That's uh, really invaluable to us as well, because those are mm-hmm. harder to come by. And, um, you know, those people mm-hmm. have, they have big hearts and they want to, they want to help a teenager succeed and not just, you know, flounder around in the system. Right. But until some they age of them, out because Chris, yeah. Um, Sean, some of them, um, cause what Christine told me that, she picked up, well, not all, but, you know, some of them were um, just barely starting the system. So, mm-hmm. you know, she took them in. And so they haven't yeah. been floundering. You know, something happened to their parents, and, you know, um, they get thrown into the system. Yeah, and, and the uh, reality, and the reality of with those kids is that a lot of those, um, if they don't, you know, if they don't get into a home and they don't attach to somebody, they don't necessarily bond with a family or they don't get into a good situation, a lot of them just end up out in the streets. I mean, literally, they end up out in, yeah. out in the streets, end up out on their own, they get in trouble, and then there's just problem after problem. It's a huge issue in the system right now. And so when we have families that come to us and say, yeah, we want to take care of a, a teenager and help them succeed, then great. We need we need lots of those for sure. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And they're not as bad as they think. They may be a little rough, you know, they might be a little defensive in the beginning, but once they warm up, that's what she told me, you know, but I don't know how she did it. <laughs> she had a big heart, her and her husband, and uh, they worked with it. And they, I'll never forget that they got this little house, and their house got bigger, <laughs> then they got yeah. another one. <laughs> Yeah, they got well, another one. Some, some of the resources that we provide, some of the training that we provide is to help with just that, you know, to help these families transition to life um, with an older child and how to handle certain situations and how to, 
how to deal with a child that's been in these kind of situations. Um, you know, what do you do when certain scenarios come up, and how do you handle it, and how do you how do you continue to be successful? So we we do our very best to provide these resources to our mm-hmm. to our foster families to, to help them be successful because it is challenging. You know, it can be difficult, um, and sometimes she, that. They, I remember her telling me that they work with, yeah, they work with um, resources to help the children bond back with their parents, but yeah. they're like. They always tell them, well, we're your second, you know, or we're your friend. We could be your aunt and uncle, <laughs> something like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. And she, to her surprise, some of them literally remember them and come back just to say hi when they're older and yeah. uh, thank them for being their foster parent or being let them stay. But um, And then she still has a bond with them. So it's mm-hmm. amazing. It's not just you know, bringing them into your home and then saying, and then give them back six months or eight months or or three months, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, how you can touch a life of a child and they do yeah. have memories. They're like a sponge. They soak everything up. Even a teenager yeah, does. Yeah, they get attached and our families get attached and they do it, you know, for the right reasons. And, you know, we do... You know, we do pay our families. It is a paid position, but, um, you know, most of the families that I deal with are, they come, it's not about that for them. You know, it's about, it's about opening their homes to, to help a child in need. And, um, and that's really mm-hmm. what it's all about for them. It's, it's, you know, and then part of our, part of our, you know, a lot of our vetting process is really getting to know the family, getting to know what their motivations are what their situation is uh, at the house, you know, of course the right physical conditions as far as bringing a child in, but what are their, you know, we, we want to know why our families do do what they do. Why are, why are they doing it? Why do you want to step into the situation? And, um, you know, more often than not, it's because they have that kind of heart and they have that kind of desire to, uh, to really support a child and, and change their life for the better. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, is the process long for them to become a foster parent, and do they get licensed or certified? Yep, so it's a yep, it's a state licensure. So the process takes about we like to keep it within ninety days or less. I mean that's really our goal is to bring somebody in, get them through the initial screening process, get them through the the application process, uh, the background checks, and and the home visits and all that, we can have it done in 90 days or less. Um, that's our goal. We want to do it as quickly as possible. We want to have people licensed and on board, ready to go mm-hmm. um, as soon as, as possible. Um, some families will take a little longer just to get through the process. They've got decisions to make. They've got things that have to happen with the house. So, um, so sometimes things can go a little bit longer, but our goal is to do it as quickly as possible, and hopefully that's within 90 days. Mm-hmm. 90 days is not bad. Three yeah. months, that's, that's not bad at all, mm-hmm. unless. And, uh, right. yeah, you can have a child by the holidays. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Perfect, perfect timing. Yeah. Right. Perfect timing. Have them, you know, buy Christmas presents and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. But, no, just don't use them for that. But, you know, yeah. they, there's a lot of children. that I look at the foster um, children's situation and I get things in the mail and um, 
There is a lot. And it's it's not just babies. It's like kids from 13 and up, you know, 13 to 18 yeah. are really in demand. Yeah, and absolutely. They're not like bad, yeah, they just say they want a home, and I read their bios that they've put out on themselves. and mm-hmm. It's just really sweet, you know, what they like, yeah. their hobbies and stuff and and everything. So, um, so you help provide with the training and the licensing and the program. And uh, is there anything out of their pocket, like for health insurance? Do they have to provide health um, insurance for these children? So the kids will come with their own program. So they'll have a team of people around them, and sometimes it's behaviorist, sometimes it's a medical staff, you know, a medical person, depending on the situation. They will usually come with, like, Medicaid, so they'll have their insurance with them so families don't have to worry about, um, you know, the families are required to take a child to their, you know, whatever mandated doctor's appointments they have to be to, the families are required to get them there and, and take care and, and kind of follow the plan that's in place for the child as far as their medical needs, school needs, everything like that. Um, but they don't have to pay out of pocket as far as, you know, medical and things. There may be some out-of-pocket costs um, for the families depending on their house situation if there's certain alterations that have to be made to the home. Um, based on the home visit findings, you know, they may have to change something. Oh, you need to add a, a locked cabinet, a ca- you know, a medical cabinet that locks, whatever the case may be. And so there may be some, some things that the families have to come up with. It just kind of really depends on the situation. But um, as far as the, the insurance, the children come with that. So. Mm-hmm. And um, what about when you're checking the home out and you have, say, for example, if the parents have another child, or do they get a background check or anything like that? Uh, depend depends on the age. Yeah, it depends on the age. So anybody that's in a home, so if a family comes to us and they say, um, you know, we have the extra room, we've got plenty of space. However, I've got a I've got a 20 year old uh, child that still lives in the home. Then yeah, anybody over the age of 18 has to have a background check done. And, mm-hmm. and that just goes back to safety for the for the children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the kids say, but Mom, I haven't done anything. I'm only 18. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Don't have, is... I don't even have a credit card yet. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, people, you know, but, you know, and I think people understand the reasoning, and it's really anybody, yeah, anybody in the home. You know, yeah, you know, but I think, but it's a good, but it's a valid point though, because I do get that question where they, you know, say, well, you know, hey, we've got, um, you know, we've got other people living in the house who are who are adults. So, well, we have to, you know, everybody has to be background checked because it's it's about ultimately it's about uh, the safety of the child and a good environment. And, and people typically, you know, I don't, I don't know that I've run into anybody who's really said, oh, that's uh, we, that's a deal breaker for us. You know, everybody, you know. Most people I talk to are like, no, that's that's totally understandable. We get that, and you know, we understand it's part of the process. So, mm-hmm. I I had something else. My friend Christine, I remember one time it was in the middle of the night. They got a call from their foster, you know, provider, and it was a baby that needed to be placed. And I remember she said we were up at one o'clock in the morning, waiting, and they came to the home and brought a little infant. And that child mm-hmm. stayed with them for quite a long, long time. And they taught it how to walk. 
Yeah, so they had a baby. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's um, you know there's a there's a whole separate list of people. So we're talking about foster care, and uh, but there's a whole separate list of people that that the state uses who are emergency emergency families. You know, so if they have a a child pulled from a home in the middle of the night because of a a serious mm-hmm. situation, you know, they have to have some place to take that child, and so there's a, a list that agencies in the state go to and say this is our these are our emergency families and go right to one of those families and give them a call say hey we've got somebody i know it's one o'clock in the morning but uh, we've got we've got a child we need to bring to you because of the situation they open up their doors and uh, mm-hmm. they come on it you know they allow these children in and and sometimes it does turn into that long-term <clears throat> um you know, situation one of the first families i ever met when i when i started with rise was was one of those families and they were, um, they had an emergency situation. They brought this uh, this little girl in. She was just little. She was just a baby. But this is a, they were a retiree. They were a retired couple, and they were doing it just because that's what they like to do. And uh, and uh, I went to a transition meeting where they were they were turning a child over to a new foster family. Uh, but they had but this retiree, these retirees had had this child for several months just because it turned into that based on the situation with the family and the legal situation and to watch that family with this little girl was was amazing and these were it's an older couple they're retired and they were absolutely in love with this little girl and so it was, you know they were interacting with the, the new foster family and they were very friendly to each other and talking about everything she likes and what she doesn't like and everything and it was a really great scene to see this happen and Again, it's just a whole separate piece to to the foster parenting that uh, is in such need. We need we need families like that who have that kind of heart and desire to to help these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the children that um, the I think it was the baby that she took in. It was an infant, really, like just uh, what should I say, three or four months old, and mm-hmm. but they end up down the road when it was a toddler adopting the child because yeah, yeah. the parents gave up the rights. It's sad that on the parents because the child knows that they're adopted. You know what I mean? They were really new. They're, foster, they're real parents. But um, can somebody in the foster care, can they adopt where, yeah. you know, the foster child after so many months, years, and situation they yeah, bond it, with the child? Yep, it's definitely possible. Um, it, a lot of it depends on the situation with the biological family, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it depends on, you know, what the judge's decisions are based on what's happening with that family. Um, you know, in a, lot, in a lot of situations, the judge will determine that the biological family um, can no longer have the child, and so it does turn into that adoption situation. Um, yeah, so it is. It is very possible. It's a really case by case. It's not, you know, we're, um, you know, we don't, you know, when we when we place a child with a family, we're not seeking to get them adopted per se, because a lot of times in foster care, the 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 end goal really is to reunite with the biological family, if at all possible. Um, but sometimes that's not possible, and it turns into an adoption situation. Hmm. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, when I got a Christmas card from her every year, she had a little bit of culture 
I mean, some children were black, some were Mexican, mm-hmm. some were even from in from yeah. or were Indian Indians, you know, from the Indian culture, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and so it's, it was a mix, and <laughs> and it was just so beautiful. It was, you yeah. know, you can see the love in the kids' faces and. They're, they're standing getting their Christmas picture taken, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, yeah. You see a but, lot of that kind of cultural exchange. We get you know, we get a, a, a wide, you know, we have a very diverse population that comes in as far as uh, the kids in need and the clients and the families, and they have the opportunity to experience. Because um, one of the things that we, you know, the families need to understand is if, if a child comes in um, and they're part of a certain culture that, um, observe certain practices, and that child is able to continue to observe those practices if they so choose. And so, it's, mm-hmm. you see a lot of times this kind of exchange of cultures. You know, they, uh, the families will learn a little bit about the the, ch- the children's the child's culture, where they came from, and you know whatever you know whatever they do to practice certain things. And so, it's really it's really cool to see that kind of exchange and see that kind of growth uh, with with the children and the families too. Mm-hmm. When you're when you have them in your foster care, you don't move them around a lot, right? You just keep them because um, some foster. I remember years ago in the '80s, where the child would move around, they just take it from one foster um, place to another. And if a child's mm-hmm. situated in a nice foster home, you don't want to really erupt that, do you? No, no. The goal is to make it. Um, as stable as possible for the child, and that's where our vetting process is is fairly intensive uh, for that for that reason. You know, we we want people to come in for the right reasons and have the right environment so that we can place a child in their home and and not have that turnover. You know, and, and one of the ways we do that is to let the families tell us what they're comfortable with. You know, if we have a family tell us that, hey, you know. I know you need people who can handle teenagers, but we're not ready for that. Then, then we're not going to, you know, immediately place them with a teenager, you know, because we don't want them to. We don't want that to turn into a situation where it's just a, a removal three months down the road. Because no, that right. it is detriment. It is detrimental to the child, and it's and it doesn't serve the family well. And so our goal is to make that as stable as possible and make it as long term as possible depending on the situation with the child. Because, yeah, moving them around is, is a tough situation. It's hard on the children, um, and it really is kind of detrimental to their progress and their growth. So we do everything we can to avoid that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, okay, we'll be right back after these messages. We're going to commercial break. Having a brighter, whiter smile is important to you, even during the coronavirus crisis. Teeth whitening can be safe and convenient because at Pearly Whites, we come to you. Our technicians take all the recommended safety precautions and you don't have to leave your home. Get all your family treated in one afternoon. It's safe and convenient and less expensive than a visit to the dentist. Pearly Whites Mobile Teeth Whitening. Visit pearlywhitesfl.com to book an appointment today. There's a reason Summit County residents have been choosing Park City Mattress for 10 years. With Sealy, Serta, Tempur-Pedic, and Stearns and Foster right here in Park City. And the lowest price guaranteed. Park City Mattress in Redstone Village at Kimball Junction. See us at PCMattress.com. I'm Sean Nielsen, professional parent recruiter with Rise Services Utah, 
and we have a unique opportunity to open your heart to children and adults with developmental challenges by becoming a respite foster care provider. Respite care providers are part-time and fill in when our full-time parents need time away from the child in their care. It's a great way to help those in need without committing to a full-time position. If you'd like more information about this wonderful opportunity, please contact me today at 801-676-8926. Head and Home Horse Rescue Foundation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit that rescues both wild and domestic horses and other equine that are either unwanted, neglected, abused, or their humans move. Head and Home helps rehabilitate them to be used in equine therapy to help those in need. We could use your support. You can contact us at 801-910-2698. Do you know how much equity is in your home, condo, or townhome? Do you want to lower your rate and take cash out? We're Valorum Equity, and we make mortgages easier. Give us a call at 800 800- 764-9072 or visit valorumequity.com to receive your free home assessment today. Trouble sleeping? The mattress you choose makes all the difference. How do you select from thousands? At Mattress Warehouse, we do things differently. We fit you to the right mattress that you will love for many years and get up to eight months on our comfort guarantee. That's how sure we are about getting you the best night's sleep. Visit MattressWarehouseUtah.com and download your free Mattress Buyer's Guide to help you select the right mattress at the best price. MattressWarehouseUtah.com Hey, this is Rocktop Construction. Rocktop is a family-owned business based out of Utah. We specialize in replacing worn or storm-damaged roofs and understand how to assist homeowners with property claims. For reliable service and the best value on a quality and energy-efficient roof, call Rocktop Construction at 801-567-1234. We have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Again, that's 801-567-1234 to find out more about how we can protect your home. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn in Lehigh, Utah, where you'll find an open, inviting atmosphere from your first hello to the next. Our goal is to make your stay better and brighter. We are as excited as you to welcome back travel, even if it looks a little different these days. That's why we've partnered with the makers of Lysol to help deliver an even cleaner stay for our guests with the creation of the Hilton Clean Stay Program. Our promise to you is to deliver the same level of reliable and friendly service you'd expect with leading hygiene practices to keep you safe. Come stay with us at the Hilton Garden Inn in Lehigh, Utah. See you soon. I'm sitting here with Sean. Nelson, professional parent parent recruiting with Rise. So, Sean, uh, tell me some stories about. Do you have any up for the youth, the those that are in um, um, about ten years old to fifteen or sixteen? As far as our uh, the kids that we work with in that age group. Yes, yes. Do you have like yeah, programs so for them to go to to help yeah, them? Yeah, we do. Good. Yeah, so outside of outside of foster care, we've got um, we've got day programs, after school programs are the big ones for those kids um, in that school age, and they're going to school again case by case, depending on what their situation is for school. Um, after school programs are fantastic because 
they can come in and it's really a, it's a, it's a safe place for them to come in and just kind of, you know, they explore their hobbies and they, they, uh, you know, they play games and they just, whatever their interests are, whatever they, you know, whatever kind of drives them and, and they enjoy, they, they have a space to come in and be who they are and, and have a good time and, um, and be around kids mm-hmm. that they like to be around. And, um, so yeah, we have, uh, a lot of those kids, um, summer programs are big one. You know, of course we've had some challenges this past summer, obviously with the summer yeah, programs. And, yeah. And being COVID compliant. And so that, that caused some challenges, but we're getting through it. You know, we work, we're working through it and we're, you know, we work with the, the state health agencies because our, uh, our clientele can be, you know, they can be in that um, high risk zone. And so we've worked very closely with, uh, with the state health agencies to make sure that we're compliant and we're, you know, maintaining the safest possible environment for, for our kids and for our families. Um, under normal circumstances, however, um, you know, summer programs are great because, um, you know, school's out and, you yeah, know, what do we do with our kids? What do we, what, what do we do with these kids who have, you know, different needs and different uh, opportunities and so we have a lot of great summer programs they just come and have a good time and they go hiking they go do outdoor stuff they do all kinds of great things and just a, it's a great place a great way to come in and, and um, have a good time pursue their hobbies pursue their interests work with other kids um, and so you know, during school time that turns into those after school programs and you know they do the same kind of thing again the goal is to help these kids be social, to help them to help them develop, to help them uh, be successful in school and in life. And, um, you know, we've got many kids who, um, you know, last time I was in one of our, uh, one of our program centers, um, you know, they were working on projects and, and, you know, doing coloring and doing, you know, building, you know, they're building stuff and they just got a smile on their face and they're having a good time and the staff is having a good time with these kids. And, um, again, it's just all about being a positive influence in their lives and doing what we can do to help them. So. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they're stable. And what about those yeah. who are like um, 16, 17 that have jobs, you know, that they work at the mall or, or McDonald's mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and then it's all of a sudden thrust away from their parents but yet they want to still be able to work yeah so we have a we have an an employment specialist who works with us um and his job his job is to work with uh, companies um drew is his Mm -hmm. name and his job is specifically to work with companies around the state of utah who employ our, our kids and it's a great it's a great thing and again it helps them succeed and grow and they learn how to succeed in life through work yeah so that's a huge part of what we do as well wow this has been a great show and i've learned a lot about foster care and sean i would love to thank you so much for coming on and uh giving me um, and my audience an eye-opening on foster care so for those who are listening please give sean nelson at Rise, a call, and your number is, the professional phone number is? 801-676-8926. That's my direct office number. So, And if you uh, log in, please leave your name and number. Yeah. 
because yeah, he's a very busy guy. I have so, forwarded right to my cell phone, too, so it's hard <laughs> not to get a hold of me. So thanks uh, so much for having oh, me. Yeah. I appreciate it. We appreciate the You're time welcome. And, and the opportunity to be able to come and, and talk to you and, and talk to your audience. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions. So. Okay. Thank you so much. And I'd like Thanks. to thank BBS Radio for having me on the Catholic Parker Show. And I'd like to thank Primetime Media for supporting the commercials. And for all of you out there, thank you so much for listening in and have a great evening.